It is Thursday, the 2nd of August, 2018, and this is episode 338 of Digital Outbox. Me question myself. Did I say the third of August? Uh, no, I just um, you're you're it was just... you were perfect. But when as soon as I said the second, I was like, "That's wrong." And I checked my watch. Yeah, you looked at your watch, and I checked myself, and that's why I, there was a strange delay between the digital out digital out box box. Anyway, hello. Should we? I think we should keep it. Um, welcome to the, <laughs> welcome. To, it's more interesting than the normal intro. Uh, welcome to the new new episode. I am Chris and Ian today. Hello, <laughs> evening, Chris. A questioning Ian already. Yes. Trying to throw me off. <laughs> it's good to know that all I need to do is look at my watch and that just stops yeah, the whole like, podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Normally it's like, oh, he looks bored, but actually that was an exciting moment where he looked well, at Well, usually watch. I look out the window and see who's attacking my car or, or doing <laughs> something true. or trying to park and yeah. like, you're like, no. Um, but today yeah. I just look at my watch and. Yeah. Maybe if you looked out today and there was some noise, it would be because people are digging up the road to give you fiber. But they already have and I can't get it. I have told you this, haven't I? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. So city fibre, right, out, right, literally outside, and I can't get it. Anyway. So the government have pledged um, that. Well, basically, we had the report. Was it a week ago, two weeks ago, saying how we'd slipped from, I don't know, a low thirties to an even lower thirties in the broadband capableness of our of our of our country, and this. This seems an ex- unacceptable few positions lower, and therefore they've come out this week uh, with a whole ton of new um, pledges towards trying to get everyone onto fibre. Um, so these, they're not fully funded yet. They're not fully realised yet. They're just statements that are being made. Um, but they're, they're, there are things like making sure that all new housing developments have access to fibre from the start, which seems like a very reasonable and sensible thing to do, as well as how do they propose pushing forward the rollout of fibre. And this isn't just fibre to the cabinet, this is fibre to the premises, so uh, quite a big thing. And they're aiming for something like um, 2035 is the kind of end date of this plan. Um, there's various intermediate steps, I think. Yeah, so the, the, I think the first date they've committed to 2025, they want 50 million premises. Um, so that's what, the next seven years? And they also want 5G mobile network coverage. So this was a two-pronged thing. It was like fiber and yes. 5G, and they want 5G by the you know you know by then to reach the majority of the population. The, the kind of longer-term one, which seems such a long way away, 2033, it wants full fiber broadband coverage to reach across all of the UK. Um, it's so far into the future it's just an easy number to reel off because they know that so many things are going to change between now and then that they can say whatever the hell they like this is you know you've probably gone through three government cycles by then oh the, the, rate, the rate we're going at the moment might be five <laughs> and I'm, we might not have we'll a government back in europe if, we've, if, if we do leave and <laughs> um, the, the the so the, the the shocker maybe we shouldn't be shocked you mentioned about the we're, we're low 30s now in the, the kind of broadband league um but uk only has four percent full fiber connections and Spain's seventy-one percent. Portugal's eighty-nine percent. France is twenty-eight percent, but it's increasing quickly. So, yeah, and and I guess it's one of those things. So Spain and Portugal. So to caveat that slightly, fiber broadband was really the first broadband that they could pick up. They didn't have all the 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 copper kind of options that we've had. And now that copper has been moved onto a, a state where people are relatively happy, and also it's quite cheap. certainly compared to fiber which is an expensive uh, technology to have um so whereas people in spain were like i haven't got the internet my first choice is fiber so i'm going to sign up um currently a lot of households do have what we'd consider not to be super fast broadband but they're happy enough with it and they're happy with the rate so trying to then tell them that they need to spend you know you know 100 quid a month or whatever on fiber I, i can't remember how much fiber actually ends up costing when it goes to the premises probably a lot of money and that's half the battle that they've got at the moment is how do you how do you deal with that fact that this is going to be a bump up? It's going to be to a speed that most people don't realistically need um, straight away, but does unlock a lot of potential going forward for, you know, f- for the, the apps of the future, if you like, and the economy of the future. 
Um, yeah. And I mean, I was joking about you know city fiber what they've done, but you can see how expensive it is. It took them, you know, to go along this you know the small stretch of road. You know, what's that? Probably about half a half a k. Um, it was three weeks. Yeah. And um, so the and if you don't do it right, you know, you're laying the you know the failure into you know into it straight away. So you got to do yeah, it. Yeah, right. and I mean, so part part of the what the government are talking about is they want to drive commercial fibre rollouts, and they're proposing regular reform to allow unrestricted access to open reach ducts and poles. Um, which up until now, BT have, have kind of went no, and the frustration being that the you know when they were a, you know when they were not privately owned, you know that that's you know the country paid for a lot of that infrastructure. Um, mm. They went privately owned. They're arguing, you know, they've put a lot of money in the private company, and this is a bit unfair. But I think, I think you know, something needs to give. It's too disruptive um, to, to even just the local, you know, the the cost and the disruption just for one company to yeah, weigh one say, fiber channel. And and you need multiple people to be able to access those services. Otherwise, you don't get competition. And so, I mean, what the, the regulatory stability, which they're talking about does mean that they will be potentially offering say discounts and incentives for company to do this going forward and also allowing them to set uh levels of you know charge that in effect the the worry is that we'd be paying twice for the services obviously it makes it very appealing to a, a to a company because they get paid once with you know incentives to to do the work and then they get paid again because they can lock in at high prices um, for extended periods of time before the competition can sort of kick in, um, so the 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 I can say they haven't fully costed it all out, and it probably will mean that we can that we pay over the odds um, compared to you know if you're doing something at cost. But obviously that's never going to happen. So I guess they're just thinking of ways they can actually get this rolled out in the in the best possible way and get enough companies interested in doing it that they could actually make a difference rather than you know this, this stage it's almost a loss making operation to set up the infrastructure in the first place uh, yeah and um, it just I, I i took a bit of confidence that they're actually talking about you know we need to kill copper you know we do need to move to full fiber we can't we, we can't you know keep on finding there's another 20 percent we can get from copper um and that's and that that does mean as article points out it flies in the face of what bt have currently done it's like you know we've got mm. we've got this monopoly you know We've got corporate everybody we can do something with it um you know and they're doing things like as you've said fiber to the cabinet rather than doing the full you know get fiber to the home so it, but that still seems a sensible first step to me because fiber to the cabinet still does in- bring significant increases in it, speed it, and obviously that same track will have to be still laid no matter whether you're going all the way to the premises or not yep yep i, I agree but i i just think more could have been done um, and it, yeah i I don't disagree I, but i just think if you're going to grow a tree you grow the trunk first and then the branches come off it don't you the tree doesn't grow from the leaves back i, I have no words i oh, know it's awesome isn't it awesome um could get cheaper though super fast broadband bt are cutting costs to on their whole sorry not bt is it it's it's open reach are cutting their charges um that they're they're charging out to other people and they're going to slash them by potentially up to 40 percent so consumers should see quite a a nice revenue um sorry you know potentially price well it depends if they pass it on doesn't it but yeah we'll see cheaper prices is the is the expectation from that uh, and again it's you could see that they want to do it now because maybe copper is, is gonna start disappearing and so why not get most people on it now before you then tempt them away with fiber, and I think that's that's part of the reason. You know, they've they it's starting to reach you know the, the masses. You know, it's like this, it's a tipping points well over, and you know people are moving to you know fiber where possible, even though it's fiber to the cabinet. Um, yeah, so it it will be disappointing if they do this, and you know people get a pound off rather than the four pound. <laughs> but we'll we'll, we'll see yeah. where it goes. Even even if the time. It, 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 it's one of those things. I we'll wait and see. So it always reminds me of like you know the oil prices dropped and oh it takes a long time to pass on and the oil price goes up and oh we need to pass on. It mm, yeah, smacks yeah, exactly. of that. Easy to go up but hard to go down. Uh, also surprised. I mean maybe this is a good sign. Why open reach should have been bubbled off because you know that, that I say it's a significant drop and, it, and they're obviously confident that they're not going to be losing money on it. So yeah, from nine ninety five down to five ninety nine for the same thing. This. Okay, it's significant, and I guess it kind of backs up what these sort of companies that have to use open reach all this time have been saying, which is these are expensive services, and we're not necessarily getting a uh, the right service from it as well. So, yeah. 
A UK report has been churning out some stats, and this has got you all excited, Ian. Um, it, well, it's, it's, it, I, I do like a stat, as you fine well know. I do like a stat, and um, I just thought it tied up also with the kind of you know the, the push to more broadband. You know, maybe that's the a bit that we didn't. And why and where we need it, and why do we need all this? Yeah, stuff, yeah. I mean we're geeks, you know, so we all we consume probably. And I, I must admit, when I got the when I got a new router for like eighteen months ago, two years ago, I was looking at what I was consuming. It was like, wow, that is quite a lot of data. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never actually thought about it or looked. Yeah. yeah. I used to get notifications that I was churning through. You know, you you get your when I was on a limited broadband, it sort of told you when you got to fifty percent, and it was like, oh crikey, have I been using that much? Yeah, guess I am. I, I, I must have. I've never been on a limited broadband. No, no. <laughs> it's too too scary. It's, um, <laughs> oh my god! No, I know. I know a couple of people that were, and I was amazed um, because it was just some of the limits were on. And I was like, that's that's my podcast a week, never mind a month, and that's just podcast, oh, never mind the you know streaming music and downloads and. When I say when I say limit, I was only hitting the fifty percent limit, and yeah. I, I use an awful lot. So they, it was a very friendly limit, yeah, <laughs> but it was yeah. just like, oh crikey! Yeah. And I was going to mention torrents, but I really should say Linux distributions. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> so yeah, there's a few things in here. So this isn't just like um, home. This is just based on how. So it's from Ofcom. So it's how how I guess you know you know people in the UK are, are you know habits are changing. A um, couple of the, um, you forced me to highlight some of these rather than well, there's, there's, there's always I mean, a lot. There, there are a lot. about. 100 stats here so if in the show notes you can go and have a look at all these stats but i have i've rationed you slightly um yeah so the one that was interesting the first one was just around mobile usage so 40 percent of adults um look at their phone within five minutes of waking up that's me um 65 percent under 35s um and 35 percent of adults check their phones five minutes before lights out um and and there's also just a bit about how much you use your phone and how often you use it um yeah, and and you know, most UK citizens say they need and expect a constant internet connection wherever they go. Two thirds of adults yeah, I mean, say the, it's essential part of their life. Yeah, I mean, I again, I all these. If I go to a hotel, you know, even you know, in the sticks, and it hasn't got an internet connection or it's pretty rubbishy internet connection, it does bug me. I feel <laughs> do, does does bug me. I do feel like what you what you what do you mean? You haven't got an internet connection or it's not very good? What do you mean I can't watch Netflix? <laughs> in the middle of the Cotswolds or whatever, it's just it's just one of those things. Um, yeah, I mean, considering all the the advice recently has been, you know, phones are affecting sleep quite radically, uh, and you can tell if you if the first thing your brain thinks about when you wake up is oh check phone, and the last thing it thinks about before going to bed is ah oh, check phone. Um, and given all the reports we've been reading about how that affects all your sleeping patterns, it's not surprising really that, that there are these reports coming out saying we should be cautionary in our use of phones. Uh, yeah, so we, I mean, we covered uh, the, the, with um, iOS 12, it's got this kind of screen time, you know, and I think Android's doing the same, and I think Facebook and Instagram have just added that they're doing the same. And so, I mean, if I've got, so I've got the beat on, on the phone, and it's, you know, I'm using the phone two hours, two minutes a day. Yeah, and you're about the average. I think I read the stat there somewhere that yeah. gives me an average. Of, so um, um, pickups sixty eight per day. You know, so that's um, that, that's quite, quite yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think that yeah, sixty eight times every single day. Notifications um, sixty three a day on average. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's it's when you see that you're like, you know, and I have actually tweaked the notifications down because it's because they've made it easier. You know, you can just see actually I don't mm-hmm. need this. It's popping in. It's like, just don't show me this again. I don't need this. I don't need to get told that, you know, whatever it is I, I didn't want. So that's actually toned down quite a bit. Um, but you're not using your phone for phone calls, are you? 75% of users only considered it important to have a phone call, down from about, um, yeah, well, I don't know what it was figure was before, but yeah, and 92% considered the web browsing important. So it just shows the balance now. It's phones aren't used for phones. No, it made me think of um, eleven years ago. Um, um, Steve Jobs. It's a phone. It's a widescreen, you know, iPod, and it's an internet communicator. And I remember that the phone, whoop, 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 you know, widescreen iPod, whoop, 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 internet communicator, like three three what? claps. And I guess that is that was the that was the bet. Everybody's going to want it for that over time, and the phone use all you know noise dive. Yeah. Um, I, I, Ofcom also found that significant numbers of people saying their online experience has negative effects. So it makes them so people do realize. Yeah, it, it makes yeah. them feel they're always at work. Um, then interrupt face to face conversation with friends and family, which we were just talking about before the podcast, and we won't repeat we here. Um, 
<laughs> and um, so there's two and five. So forty percent, forty three percent admit to spending too much time online. You know, and it's right. so it's it's again. I guess that's people are aware of it, but it doesn't stop it doesn't stop you doing it. So it's like you know, like a little habit, and you, and you don't. I guess it's from afar you can see the problem. When you're close up with it, you don't, and it's because you get into that kind of weird. You get phone state, don't you? Like I, I was, I was saying before, you get I go down the pub sometimes, and you'll have a good conversation, and the conversation will just stop, and you you realise that's because really you're both on your phone rather than actually doing. And it's like, well, what's the point, you know? So it's there's there's that that goes on, and I guess that's part of it. You know that's a problem from afar, but when you're actually involved in it at the time, you don't really notice it. And I think I think as long as you're, and I think more and more people come aware of it. I think that's why you know both Android and sorry Apple and Google are doing this whole kind of screen time, how much you're using it, helping you. You know, before it becomes a thing where they're getting hammered for, you yeah. know, they can see the headlines coming. Yeah, and I think I just got to that point where every so often you do is like somebody's addicted to this or you know somebody's addicted to that, and you know it's just like you know enough's enough. And so another one, another thought, I read a third of people say they feel either cut off or lost without the internet. And if they can't get online, seventeen percent say they find it stressful. And I, I, I will sign up to that. See when the, the my mm. internet connection goes down, God, I'm I'm with the Hulk. It's just like I just find it so frustrating, and it's and it's just yeah. and it's back to the. I, mean, I remember when I moved. It's fourteen, fifteen years since I moved here, and and I was I, I was getting people chuckle at me because I was you know on on Sam knows every time I looked at a new house to go and find out what the broadband connections were, and it's like a class as a utility, you know. And, yeah, and, and we take we take for granted that we get electricity and gas. And I didn't come at the house and have you got a gas line, but. <laughs> Because you take but it you for granted, check the but but, check the but it was checking the broadband. I didn't want to be out in the sticks and only getting like you know two meg connection. I wanted when, options. When your internet connection goes down, it's a bit like when you're you know when your electric connection goes down. And you think, oh, what can I do? Oh, I do that. Oh no, I can't. Yeah. And you and then it's the same with the internet. You kind of as soon as the internet goes, you go, oh, okay, surely I can. I, oh no, I can't. And like, oh no, I can't. You, you think of all the things you would normally be doing, and you just can't do them. Um, so it's almost like having an electricity connection in that respect, especially with like like me, I work from home, and then you think of all the things like, oh, I'll just work offline and do it. Oh, I use Google Docs, yeah. you know, and I don't have the offline. It's nothing synced recently or whatever, you know. Just suddenly, and works, you just can't works do it. Such a changed environment for a lot of people now, uh, but, but yeah, not for everybody. But you know, for, for I guess you know, you and me, probably a lot of people listening. It's uh, you know, I need to be connected. I need to be online. I need to be. Uh, yep. Tablets are plateauing. Games consoles are plateauing. I don't think there's a big surprise in that. You know, they've, they've no. I, I don't want to say saturation, but they've kind of reached that point where if you're going to get it, you'd have had it by now. You know, they're not. It's so, not a new yeah. market. Your desktop PCs declined. Not a big surprise either. Um, you know, so 69 percent of households with access to one in 2008 to now less than a third. I, I that that is quite a significant drop. Though, it's like. a significant drop, but I don't think you know if you if you think about how smartphones have come in and iPads and tablets have come in. For, for the majority of people, a lot of people had a desktop PC just to do occasional printing and and email and shopping. No, I, you know, so and and certainly the majority of the daily use would be on, say, a tablet. But I'd still find it, I still find that stat quite amazing. They don't have access to one even. That's the. It's, that's it's the a thing. big number. It's a, mm, considering it's uh, and uh, others I'd have it have. <laughs> As if I don't have many, um, but you know, I'll, I will occasionally browse Rightmove and just see houses and the amount that you see the kind of office desk and the kind of either Mac or PC sitting there, and it's it's still yeah. quite a lot. But you know, I, I wonder if I'll, I'd love to see that by age. It probably is in the main report, and you go and see it. I bet you there's a nice yeah, thing yeah, there, yeah. but but and maybe that's back to the you know lots of gamers with desktop PCs with neon lights on it, and um, and then there'll be nothing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say. So you and I were talking just about this before, and I, I don't think I could, I, I wouldn't, my desktop is probably, because of work and just productivity-wise, is the most important device in my in my home, I think. Um, it's strange yeah. that so many few people have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I tend to agree. That's where I, and I think that's why when, the, you know, so yeah, I use the iPad, and, and I don't, I, but I had a laptop at one point, and I moved to the iPad, but I don't, don't think I can give up the, the iMac. Or a desktop PC if I ever move back to yeah. Windows. <clears throat> Doubt it. The uh, BBC has overtook Amazon, um, so BBC is now the third highest number of users after Google and Facebook. So you said that surprised. I thought I was. I was surprised. I think it's a. I think it's a great stat because uh, um, it shows how important iPlayer is to <laughs> to our life probably more than anything, um, and how how much that it consumes it. But I I consume BBC probably twice daily. 
I'm totally same. It's still, I still, I still trust it's a new source. I still go there for the. The only thing I have noticed is that, like, I, I do notice things like their sport coverage. As you can see they've cut back. There's bits. Uh, they make, they've cut back sports coverage. They've also increased clickbait, which is a bit uh, annoying. Yes, especially, especially in the news bit of it. It's like you know, here's ten headlines, but here's the here's the clickbait. Yeah, one. but no, I find I, that really annoying. I, I, I think that. I, I, even the BBC is under pressure, you know, to make sure that they're delivering on. They've probably got all the stats that show that it's the clickbait story that everyone clicks on. No one cares about the the Brexit negotiations that that have been going. Yeah, on. I mean, even if I go today, I mean, it's because it cause... <gasps> click. Look what Theresa May did today. No one could believe it. Yeah, you know, so like you know, most watch ten year old swimmer beats Phelps record. The baby here that shot a midwife. Man stole shark because it needed help. <laughs> so, says it all, really. <laughs> Most read, Dale Winton died of natural causes. Warning is Europe. So they're newsy ones. Most of yeah. the newsy ones are newsies. Yeah, or sorry, the most reds. But it's the video ones that are um, a little bit more... Uh... And, you know, and, and say, iPlayer drags people there. Like I think people do use that regularly as a as the source of their TV viewing as well. So it's not... I, I didn't find it surprising. In fact, maybe I wouldn't have ever said it was bigger than Amazon in, in sort of usage terms, but... but I'm glad it is, to be honest. So, a couple other ones before I, I do turn it into just a stato. Um, so, social media slightly down, you know, over the, the last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I I do wonder if that's just, you know, slightly, people slightly jaded, but also all that chat around, you know, Facebook, we saw Facebook numbers dropping, um, you know, Twitter slight rise, but Twitter's still small compared to it. So, I think a small drop in Facebook will overall kill, you know, yes. kill that. Um, instant messaging dropped a little... Um, TV video online viewing dropped a little, which I was surprised at. Mm, that does surprise but me. The, um, and then that's also for short video clips. It's not not just like the, you know, Netflix and iPlayer, as you said. Um, but news remain constant and, and looking at health information, much the same. Audio services, podcasts um, has um, gone up. And I, I've noticed at work there's more more normals like, I, I, I just talk about a podcast. Yeah, they know what podcasts are and how they get them nowadays. Apart from the, the sad geek has been doing one for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, and, and again, I, I think I think there is a BBC effect here and other, you know, and other news organisations that a lot of those shows do get, um, you know, that a lot of the popular shows get do get podcast as well. Um, and, and, people are interested enough to go and delve into that. You know, they might get it, you know, at four days worth of podcast, you know, new shows will combine into one, whatever. It's just a quick summary and it's nice. Oh, it's nice. And it's, and it's back to the, it's similar type player. It's consuming it when you, when it suits you rather than you having to it. listen at half nine, a Friday night to, to something. Yeah. All yep. good. Hmm. Hmm. Started out feel satisfied feel feel satiated I, I, I think we should talk about you know of like thermal throttling bugs now <laughs> we should definitely talk about thermal throttling bugs get you um apple has apologized for its thermal throttling bug Amazing. Uh, this is on the new macbook pro um and so basically obviously Mac, they they came out saying how amazing this new laptop was and how fast it was. It's got the Core i9 in it as opposed to the Core i7. And all the journalists kind of came along and said, yeah, we're seeing really good improvements. So this is all spectacular until someone came along and said, actually, um, I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing opposite when I'm doing some Premiere Pro exports. And basically, um, not to cut the long story too short, they, he reported that going in and Apple has come back and said, yeah, there was an issue um, here. And then it sounded like they came up with the most obscure, weird excuse for a bug uh, that I, I, I don't know if they just deliberate. They, I think it's almost like someone went into a make a sentence that sounds roughly right type thing that no one's going to question uh, and, and say that was what happened. So what, what I loved was the number of websites reported this, the number of podcasts that talked about it. And the few that actually said, I don't know what this is. So the, we've identified that there's a missing <laughs> digital key in the firmware that impacts the thermal management system and could drive clock speeds down under heavy thermal loads. So how can a digi- missing digital key affect the thermal? So, so, the, so the, 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 the theory seemed to be that the, the, the modern CPUs have a number of digital keys, keys that under, so certain applications can have certain loads tailored to it. 
and this was a very particular it, mm. and, and it almost it's like is this like a modern dip switch or something that you know, it's almost what? like a so it's like a you know we didn't we didn't cater for that scenario and hence didn't apply the right thermal throttling or sorry we had the wrong thermal throttling being applied to this particular um, this particular scenario it's a very so I mean, and there's no doubt when you've got one particular application that needs a special key exactly which make it, and and it, it probably so a couple of kind of more geeky techy apple podcasts i listen to did kind of say you know if somebody out there does understand this please going to reach out so we can so we can fill the gap you know there's that yeah, there's a because gap otherwise there. it is just a series of words that mean nothing and is it deliberately positioned that way because they were putting a limit on something because they were worried about overheating and they've kind of taken it off because it's got some bad press. Well, the, the, to be fair, I mean, so the pod, the, the, not the podcast, the, so YouTuber, um, so so Dave Lee, and I've, I've watched a few videos, I actually like him. He doesn't do crazy yeah. intros. It's just very detailed, talks people through it. And and, and when I watched that one, I was like, yeah, can't, can't deny that. Comparing a PC to the Mac, you can see there's a challenge there. And to be fair to what, what Apple, you know, did is um, reached out to them, pulled them into Apple, worked over the weekend, worked with their, their creative team to, to prove that this was a scenario that was consistent, not just on the i9, but across all MacBooks. Um, mm. So it, it was something that, that has just been missed. And it, the, the, the little bit of sniffiness about it was there's a tool that people were using um, that you can download from the Intel website that shows you all the clock speeds and absolutely everything that's going on and the thermal properties of all the cores. And that disappeared the day after this came out. And there was <laughs> lots of like, uh Have they just removed a limit? Um, but I mean, the original the original stip, well, the original assumption was that the cooling just wasn't sufficient inside the yeah. MacBook to actually allow this to run. And our Mac just taking the risk of not overclocking, but overstressing the components um, just so that they can now say, yeah, this also well, works. Well, looking at the looking at the um, thermal properties, it's not making too much of a difference. So it looks like okay. the answer is no. I, there's a whole, there's a whole kind of you know, if you look at where Apple designed that MacBook Pro, they were assuming that Intel would have went down to you know, is it ten nanometers or at fourteen just now, and 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 they've not delivered through. You know how there's all this TikTok, mm-hmm. TikTok, and it's like. TikTok, Talk, 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 talk. Right now, Intel are just saying, "Well, we can put more cores in, and we can speed up the cores." So they're not changing their fab design. It's probably to the, the speed that Apple have designed and made assumptions around, and that's what's driving I think, a lot of the debate around: Have Apple designed this, and the, the CPUs have just never came through? But then you look at the size of a company because <laughs> like, it's never Apple. No, and, I, and so that's where I have a real challenge around it. I look at a company the size of Apple, and you go, "Come on." I don't, you know, you can't just label it all. Uh, so yes, Intel clearly isn't delivering the way they used to deliver, but that that doesn't mean that Apple couldn't make the, you know, an enclosure slightly thicker. You know, and that's and that's I think that's been a challenge for a lot of people. You know, give me let so so see if it is, see see if you've, you're so hell bent on you know thinner and lighter and all these good things, but meeting the kind of eight hour battery life and all the other things that they do, just just actually say. You know, we're a really we've got wads of money. We're trying to we're trying to you know that pro market we're always going to look after. Give them a pro option; it might be slightly thicker. Let them use. Yeah, I mean, but they've just been bleating on about it too much. Be going against their own. You know, I know, and, and the iMac Pro, and certainly we'll see next year with the Mac Pro. But the iMac Pro was definitely an answer back to that with a you know a, a fantastic yeah. iMac Pro and a really powerful machine, expensive but you know a really a really really pro machine. Um, and the MacBook Pro, by all accounts, is that. You know, it's an iMac Pro and a, and a mobile platform, but the CPUs yeah. are just a little bit disappointing. But it does seem that they can do no wrong because they are now valued as the first ever trillion dollar private company. Mm. Amazing. Um, they, yeah, there, there seems to be no end. <laughs> um, so shares have now hit $207.05p each. Uh, it's all a bit volatile at the moment, so but they have broken that barrier no matter what. Um, whether they're up or below it now it doesn't really make, make any difference. But yeah, they're just uh, an awful lot of of money around phones. Just so I guess the reason the stats that we were talking about earlier around you know usage is so high is just shows that the focus of people is now towards technology, and Apple seems to be delivering what people want. And I mean, and this was results week for a lot of companies, as was last week. <laughs> They they definitely delivered. We don't cover that anymore because it's just it no. just became 
tiresome. Well, the figures are all too stupidly big. I mean, it was just tiresome. So, um, but they, they had a really good quarter, um, and you know, the, it's clear that everybody was saying the iPhone, um, the iPhone 10 wasn't going to deliver, and it did. And hey, they got everyone to buy a thousand dollar phone. I call it 10 iPhone X. And whack it in their um, pocket. You know, so, like, I, it's still bonkers to me that we carry around thousand around devices just on our pockets. Oh, don't! Just... I, I added up the last time I had all my camera gear out. I added up what I was carrying, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that is yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, say it's such a lot of money, and it's like everyone has them. It's amazing. Yeah, but then how much is sitting in a car that, that you use five percent a week? Let's not go there. No, yeah, d- yeah. D- it's, it's, don't get no, me wrong, it's... but I don't carry it in my pocket. <laughs> Most of the time. Um, um, Atlassian. Well, how do you even Atlassian. Say it? So, so this is a bit. Atlassian, it's a bit enterprising, but I quite, I, I quite, I quite like this one. So, Slack. Lots of people use Slack. Slack's a big kind of. Slack's the Facebook of the corporate messaging. It, yeah, world. but also it's it's taking a lot of the kind of you know effort of email. And there's lots of integrations with Slack as well. So, from a yep. you know you can do things and send it to Trello or do things and automate your DevOps type stuff, and you can do lots of things. And it's just a great way of communicating with out of email and with Teams and all that kind of stuff. At last year, had a lot of enterprise markets, so they're known for things like Jira and, and other platforms like that. And um, they, they tried to do an equivalent HipChat and Stride and all that kind of stuff. It's never as good. And this is this is a bit that amazed me. So they basically said. Um, Atlassian, we there's no point in us continuing this. We'll give we'll give all the IP and all the code over to Slack. We'll migrate all our users over to Slack. We'll do a little bit of financial investment in Slack, and we'll focus on what we're good at. And Slack must be sitting yeah. there going, oh, ding dong. <laughs> yeah, wow. So, um, so yeah, a bit, probably a bit more enterprisey geeky. And I apologise for bringing in some slightly more no, enterprising, but the the Atlassian the Atlassian I'm... product suite is is quite rich. But then probably, not, you know, if you're, that's from an enterprise perspective, from an on one, you're probably looking at it going, ugh. <laughs> it's probably a bit, you know, it's a bit like when Google were throwing all their money trying to get a social networking channel going. And then Perfect. eventually the rather, and you know, they did chop it all in the end. Yeah. Um, but not in certain, mess, no. What was it? They probably put a bit more of a Google stake in it. Google Wave bit. was one of them. Google Wave. Yeah, there was, there was, there was awful lot of things. Wave and, I, and then Google Plus or whatever Oh, called, Google Plus, it, that's it. And they, and they all kind of the the things that came out of that still kind of exist. So Wave kind of exists in all the kind of Google Docs and how we now do all the collaboration on those kind of things. And Google Plus kind of still exists as your Google profile, but it's not really the what they were aiming for when they first started it. But um, I guess they had the same thing, which is oh, let's just give up on this. What we're trying to we we just <laughs> we're fighting a losing battle. We're never going to be uh, the main product, which is Slack. Let's get behind it and and do it. Which is which is fine up until. You get all the reports like I was listening to Radio 4 this morning and they were talking about how monopolies nowadays, there's so many big technology firms, all the, the, the beer moth just wins and swallows everything up and it buys up all the small little underlings that could, you know, potentially offer some competition. And we do see that a lot. And, and there's no, because there's no money changing hands necessarily from consumer, that that's where all the monopoly laws lie nowadays is is protecting money but as we know it's it's all around data at the moment and, and there's no law at the moment that protects all that so that's why these these stories are interesting and it's like even at, yeah even you know even here it's just someone saying i can't be bothered fighting this i'm just gonna roll with it which i think in some ways is is actually smart play you know it's it's there's only so much you can fight you know and if you're not getting the market share it's probably more sense what you said i'm i'm done no, no, it's... But we just got to be aware as as a society that you know that's not necessarily a good thing either. No, no, but but I think there's always a fear that, that you know. So if you look at something like Amazon at the moment, you just feel like if Steve Bezos turned around and said, "I, I fancy that market," <laughs> they could, <laughs> you know, it's just cut your fingers and within twelve months it'd be not market leader, but they would probably have the better products sitting there. It just it's just scary what they can do. Yeah, and they and they turn things around pretty quick from what we see as well. Yes. Um, Dixon's car phone. Um, you thought you'd heard the end of these guys. They obviously reported a while back how many people um, there were. There were people had been had their data compromised and hacked and, and stolen. Well, they've come up and said actually uh, it's not quite as uh, rosy as we said. Even though even though it was really far from rosy, they they've actually said is it ten million now? Yeah, ten million. Ten million records, and this is um, personal data, names, addresses, email addresses, and. 
you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before, and I, I'm almost certain I am right that like all these big companies that say that oh we've identified that had data has been taken i swear the only reason they know that data has been taken is because they go onto the paste bins or the uh the dark web and just go and have a look what's available and if that matches up with the data that was on their system and that's why six months later they come out and say oh yeah we identified another load of data and it's because it's just a new a new paste bins being made they've gone and got the data and it does match up and i i swear that's how people are finding yeah. out that they've been compromised rather than actually identifying at the time via log files or whatever else you know the systems they use that they've actually had data come in and and chewed away i don't think you're far wrong i think it, you know it might be a bit of a you know they build a picture together but the, I, I bet you it's a case of grab that the, file the wording, and process it. the wording around this latest finding from them is we have i we have i don't know received evidence that further data was taken yeah. and and that well that received evidence is probably an excel file that they've purchased from somewhere and, and while there is no evidence that some of this data may have left our systems <laughs> and they always say confidently no no evidence of fraud has been committed on the back of it <laughs> how the hell do they know <laughs> like it's yeah and, and, and that's that's the bit that, that is just bull you know, I forgot. I think Sony's yeah. Sony's one of the few that they've actually when they got the when there was the PlayStation hack, they actually said, "By the way, we're going to give you a year's protection. We'll pay for a year's protection, so that if you get, you know, if you if you had identity fraud fraud against you, at least you get alerted by trying to remember. It was one of those, um, oh, you know, one of those kind of credit, not credit, well, credit check companies. So they're kind of basically mm. saying somebody's used your identity. Somebody's doing credit checks yeah. on the other and, day. Um, is, is but most now just seem to be, you know, it's just kind of cookie. No, nothing's happened. Yep. <laughs> you can't prove it. Cut a text basically saying yeah, here's basically. here's what's happened, and we. It'll be a lawyer coming out saying we better say that. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, we're exposing ourselves. Yep. Anyway, there you go. So let's hope that doesn't get any worse. Let's hope they don't download any further stuff off of the face bin. Face bin? <laughs> Man, that's a... We need to make a site. What could it there be? There must be a site. I'm scared to actually... There must be one. <laughs> God, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a dangerous place. Right, so there is um, face bin. There's not a facebin.com, but... Oh, my God. Let's do it. What is there? I have no idea what we're going to do with it yet, but let's do it. Facebin.com. Um, What's going to be you go here? Find, you can find <laughs> So Facebook and Instagram it's... are now showing you how many minutes you use them. We mentioned this before. So yeah, you can go on the mobile app and you can actually have a look at how long you use Facebook and Instagram during the day. It, it, so Facebook is just uh, somebody's bought the domain and so on. Oh, for goodness sake. I know, what a waste. Stolen my IP. What a waste. Um, I, I, I get the feeling somebody, uh, you know, is it the European Union? Somebody somewhere has said something to all the tech companies. You need to, you need to do something around this because they've all come out at the same time, and I can't believe it's like Google showed it in May, and Apple had it baked in in June, and then you know, so I could maybe believe Facebook can turn something in quite quickly because it's all for only. But it just feels like uh, they were probably st- they were probably tracking the data anyway. Uh, well, they just of didn't, course they, they didn't present. Of course they. Um, they just didn't present it to the but, user. But it, but it feels like it feels like there's a a push from somewhere on this that maybe we don't know I about. I don't think it needs even a push. Do you not think so? I think there's there are these people are not stupid. They are watching the trends. They can see that a the the headlines are all around using too much, too much, too much, too much. This is a bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. I know. Let's get ahead of the curve and say, oh, we offer these tools to our users so they can moderate their use. That's what it is. You're right. You know, yeah, again. It's just no, get, you're getting right. ahead of the getting ahead of the curve. And I guess it's just um, owning that story that if somebody else is doing it, tell you what we're doing. So we're looking after you. We are, we're making sure that you're only using your phone for two and a half hours of your eight waking hours. I actually had a survey when I logged into Facebook on a desktop tonight. Only, I don't usually click on it. The, 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 I got it there as a tab, but it's maybe once a week, twice a week. And it was a little, just a little thing. It's saying, you know, do you think Facebook is, is good for, you know, the, the general well-being? well-being? well-being. And I was like, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you are evil. Said that's probably sent from a Russian hacker, and now I think. Oh, why, why did I not think of that? You're right. Yeah, you should. Got to, got to, got to be skeptical nowadays. Um, Microsoft's going to build a streaming-only Xbox, says report. So this was this was kind of hinted at anyway at E3, um, but it's it's looking more and more likely apparently that say so they are going to build this slimline box, which has just got a few local files. Like, was it was it the old? Um, was it Citrix servers or something like that? I can't remember. The desktops you used to yeah, have. Citrix. Stop, yeah, Citrix. Stuff still in use. 
Yeah, yeah. So you'd have a little little sort of dumb box oh, on yeah, your yeah. table yeah, and, all yeah, the, yeah. and all the actual processing was taking place in a big server farm. Yeah. So this is kind of the gaming equivalent. We've seen it before. We had that on live, which I think we brought up a couple of weeks ago. We've dug back into the archives and brought that forward. And but it, but it looks like we're kind of ready because PlayStation do a, uh, was it PlayStation Go? Or I was going to say PlayStation No. PlayStation No. Now, yep. And it, and it, and it looks like Xbox are going to try to launch full first. So they've got their high-end machine, the, the Xbox One X, and then they have the alternative, which is you don't have, you have limited files locally and everything else is just streamed online. Um, do you think it can, do you think it can work? Hmm. <sighs> If you think more and more games like Fortnite, the majority of that is effectively the online netcode that you're talking. That's that's what that game is based on. Okay, some of the graphics and stuff are obviously stored locally, but what you're seeing and how it's operating is all dictated by a remote server. Can it happen for all games? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I mean, don't I was know. I was scruffy <laughs> about this when we when on live came out and Eric did. There was all this you know physics and science they talked about and. Um, I remember trying it and going, no, um, this this doesn't work for me. What I seem to remember was with OnLive, they it got a lot better and it was better than everyone expected it to be, especially they, they had specific regions, didn't they, where they had data centers close by. So it was, And it was based around really old internet technologies. So things have moved quite a long way. And, and as you said, so PlayStation now set up. And I don't think, I mean, I, I, I don't think these stories would be, you know, spinning around. So they're talking about they're going to do two consoles. So one that's almost like a traditional, you know, console like the Xbox One we've got just now, and this other streaming option. Um, and it's whether and 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 the whole you know, there was another article that was talking about, you know, that a game they're not going to have streaming on the games. It's going to be that a game will come out, and you can play it in both. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see that you know because there's obviously going to be a price difference between these devices as well. You know, the, the Xbox. You know, whatever the, the next Xbox is called, will you know probably around about the same price at four hundred dollar, four fifty dollar, five hundred. You know, it'll be the best of the best. It'll let you watch four K. It'll let you stream four K. It'll do everything you want to do. To be honest, it might even be a higher price than that because they've got this low cost. There's a reason they're trying to do a slimline version because they probably know it's going to be moving it out of the price range. Yeah. Because to to they've already to to get four K, not even proper four K. You know, pretty shitty four K is uh, is um is where they are now and they probably realized to actually get it to a, a proper next step up again there, there's a lot of money going into to get 4k 60 frames per second that's that's what you're looking for 4k 60 frames per second and, and all the all the goodies and and currently need like properly liquid cooled and all that kind of stuff on a pc so how do you do that within a gaming console oh, dreamcast the um oh glory days water cooled <laughs> consoles bring them back um I, you know, there's, there's, who knows? I, I guess next E3, that's that's when I think we'll yeah. see the, the you know, here's where here's what's coming next, you know, in 2020. The snifters, the little hints. Well, Sony so have already said that we're in the last, we're at the end of the PS4 generation, and to come out and publicly say that means next mm. year they're going to announce there's, something. They've got, they know they've got something lined yeah. up. Yeah. Microsoft are probably the only people that can do this with all their Azure platform. The other. The other two don't really have the same backing unless they team up with someone like an Amazon um, to offer that, that kind of service. Yeah. The amount of actual compute that you'd need remotely, effectively, you're moving the processes from being in your living room, which, you know, you and you pay someone to, to going and hiring it from a cloud somewhere. So that's you've, it's a lot of compute power all sort of sat in one building. Yeah. Hmm. EA are... Uh, have no surprise really they released a higher tier premium subscription service um so we've had on the xbox for a while they're they're kind of uh, cheap subscription but you only get older games and uh, on that um but this one they're moving to a much more kind of um yeah premium the 15 dollars a month so a hundred dollars a year and this is only on pc at the moment but we're bound to see it coming elsewhere and this will offer you the latest ea games so it's their ea's basically subscription-based service a bit like microsoft's whatever it is game pass yeah so um latest battlefield and fifa will launch with us and if you're going to buy battlefield and fifa and probably if you buy fifa you probably buy battlefield you know there's a there's a good chance that you'll it's another it's exactly the same as game pass they've got two games which they're saying people can have and that means it's cheaper than, to do it this way than it is to, and, and it is. to do it. It's just, it's just getting in your head that, that this is the way the market's going. It's the same with software. You know, if I look at I'm paying for, you know, Lightroom and Photoshop. 
Um, yeah. And I'm quite happy, you know, as long as I'm taking the photos that I'm doing, that, that's my editor's choice, and I'm kind of happy with that investment. Um, but, it's fine as long as they do release the games that they say they're going to, not like Microsoft when they took away Crackdown and they took away <laughs> Halo and they took away this, that, the Exactly. And, and there's also, I mean, there's already a bit of sniffiness around Battlefield and that it looks amazing, but they're already saying on day one it won't have this groundbreaking new um, Battle Royale mode. It'll come later. Mm. And you're like, so is later a week later? Is it later a month later? Is later I don't blame next them year? for doing it, though, because you've seen how many problems EA have on a, any relief that they, release that they have. It always crashes and breaks the first night. Always does. And, and in fact, the first week is generally pretty rubbish. Yeah. And it takes all the way through to about the second or third week before things settle down. And, and yeah. So, so um and, and so this isn't new for EA. So EA Access, which lets you play older games for, you know, yeah. I still think a bargain, you know, $30 a year. Which, yeah, and and again, you can probably buy. It's the equivalent if if you wanted one of their older games and you wanted to buy it, you might as well do the subscription because it's cheaper at that point yeah. to to do it that way. And and that's the way I look at this. If you're going to pick up a Battlefield and one other game on PC, you're as well just moving to this model. All these things also open up much better to the sort of streaming model where you know you don't have to buy anything. There's not point of that. There's no point owning a game anymore if you're just going to stream it onto your console. So having a subscription service does make sense. The only thing that bugs me, and I guess it's the same same with we're seeing with online streaming and and with movies and films and all that kind of stuff and Netflix. You ha- you have it's all these bubbling off of all these different subscription services just, suddenly something which feels yes. like oh yeah 15 dollars a hundred dollars a year i probably would spend that with ea so yeah that's fine and then and then microsoft do the same thing and you think well yeah i probably would and then by the end of it you you've got to it's a bit like the the sky packages where you had to have an extra bundle because they they put this they'd split the channels in such a way that you they knew most people would go and buy the whole 50 Kahunables, you know, I don't know what that word meant, but you have to buy all the bundles. Um, so, and again, now we're at the situation where we, oh, if you want to do subscription, well, you got to do the EA one, you got to do the Game Pass one, you got to do this, that, and the other, and then suddenly you're, you know, you, yeah, I think as a consumer, you've, you've lost out a bit. Yeah. I totally agree. I use a little app on the iPhone um, called Outflow, and it just adds up all these kind of digital media type subscriptions and monthly outgoings. Cause you, and they're all creeping up in value as well. They are. Um, so, so it's, um, it's 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 a lot of money. Let's put yeah. it out. It's a lot of money. It starts to go yeah. out. And I've not gotten the latest well, I... ones like, you know, Game Pass and you know that Xbox Game Pass nonsense and a couple other things. It's like, you know. Well, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. So I have my Sky subscription. I have um, Netflix, so that's a tenner, I think, for the 4K service. I've got my Amazon Prime, which I, don't, I mean, it basically gets bundled in, but there'll be a day when they don't bundle that anymore. Um, got Game Pass. I, I don't think I've got EA um, one anymore, but never, you know, there's all those little things and they just say, they just, they creep up on you. And then this one, what I ended up, so I've got Adobe, Netflix. Oh, and yeah, my Adobe. Yeah. Um, iCloud. I was putting in my mobile, EE, Sky, Apple Music, Guardian, which I buy bizarrely, but there you go. Um, I bundled in my so what what I pay for broadband. There's a couple other like digital yeah. subscriptions that I pay for. Like for I forgot I do Spotify. I do the whole Adobe thing, so I get the whole blooming lot, which is a lot. Of money. It's a lot of money, but there's a, but if you're using it, it's a lot of value there. Yeah, I should be using it more than I do. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, Flickr, um, Amazon Prime, PlayStation yeah. Plus, Xbox Live. I've not got yeah. EA access on there. There's a couple other new ones I've not got yeah, on there, so I just need to refresh it and go. Yeah, I'm paying a lot of money. Yep. And I mean, it's, I think more and more people are realising it. And, and I guess we've seen it recently that, you know, so BT Sports, which I know we don't really cover anything, but BT Sports have basically pulled out of, um, there was UFC and I think it was, was it basketball they've pulled out of? Um, yeah, and it's it gone to a company called baseball, Eleven think, Sports. So it's a brand new company that, that they're talking about. They won't even set up a TV channel. They're just going to go straight to just, you know, watch it on, yeah. you, know, you know, laptop or smart TV or whatever. And um, and and people straight away are going, hold on, you know. So Amazon have got some football, BT have got football, Sky's got football, but this is, I'm sure it's a living sport. So that's, that's their name. It doesn't sound right when I see it. But they've also picked up, um, uh, I think it's Spanish and Italian football from Sky. So you're now mm-hmm. looking at what what Sky used to offer and what they offer now is like they're actually looking pretty thin in the ground. Yeah, it's fragmented, and because because it's not true competition because it's different games being showed on different platforms as a consumer you have to have the whole lot so it does it makes you spend more when you know 
really if it was true competition but they don't they don't see it that way well they do see it that way but they just try they hide it away yeah so there's yeah it's 11 sports it's called um so so what they're saying is they've got ufc nfl bundesliga Serie A. they're also saying champions league i don't quite know how that works when i thought bt had it so maybe they're maybe i'm in the wrong website they're all i mean say there was that the article was all around bt how customers are saying hang on a second you you know and it it, it kind of rallies against the fact that bt went wholesale aggressive on buying all these things and spent an awful lot of money on football and because it brings in the people and then i I think they were dead yeah and they put up the price of people like me who weren't really interested in football and i was like no i'm out and i think they've noticed that anyway we should probably conclude here. We've been chatting one long enough, haven't we? Uh, one um, thing I was going to quickly ask: No Man's yeah. Sky. You bought it? Ah, yes, I did. Uh, I am. I. I am yet to be. Uh, how would I? The problem with such is a, it's a, like I, I am fairly impressed with it. I, <laughs> I, I was definitely. I've had more enjoyment out of it, and it's a more rounded game than I thought it was going to be. So. The story with No Man's Sky, obviously, is the initial release was quite disappointing for people because it didn't work in the way that it, they were promised. And it was, yeah, it ended up being quite a repetitive um, game. They've had about three massive updates since, including the latest one that now brings the game to a point where actually there is a game there to play. And a lot of people, and, and you know, it's a lot more fleshed out, a lot more going on, a lot more feeling like things, you know, there's a game there that's worth playing. And I bought I bought it on the back of reading those reviews and and how, you know, you can grind your way to doing some quite fun things. And I think that kind of enticed me. But it is, it is you know, the problem with the procedural game is that weird things happen that, that it's quite hard to predict. So and there's little bugs, that the polish that you might expect from, you know, a big release, things like going into a cutscene and then suddenly a little a drone coming along that, that then decided it didn't like me and was going to shoot me and i was stuck in a cutscene whilst being pummeled to death and there's nothing i could do about it so it's little things little bits of polish that you see in the big games that you just that's not there and it's purely because it's this procedural thing and it's and it say it's, it is quite big and daunting and the interface isn't very good in certain areas so it's it's very confusing as to what to do and some of the fun is working out and working through that confusion so you understand the world and i quite i don't mind the discovery um, but I have rage quit just on the basis of it was such an unfair situation that I was presented with and I couldn't get out of it and it was getting worse and I didn't have any way of escaping from it. And it, I just felt as a relatively new beginner into this game, I hadn't played very much. I was starting to see the direction that I'd might want to go and then suddenly it's all ripped away from me because someone decides it's going to shoot me. Uh, and I think I think what you're saying is fair. And the, the, I think back to when the first one came out, and there was lots of, you know, there was lots of people going, this is not what you said you were releasing. And there was lots of, you know, so the the the, the, the guys, the studio behind it, just, you know, Hello Games, just get, get pummeled and they just, they just went into radio silence for, for months. Well, there was even uh, consumer rights groups yeah, looking at yeah, yeah, what yeah. was promised to versus what was delivered. And, yeah. um, but then first first major patch came out and it was like, that's a step up. Then the next one came out and it was like you can do base building and you've got I can have you know I've got you know vehicles and I've got freighters and they added a whole lot more and it did, they almost had a concept of you couldn't see another person but you could see these orbs and you knew people was there and then this one's again fleshed out even more so there's more missions in it there's actually multiplayer in it you can do a lot more and and the the, the gap between you know two years ago and now is pretty huge and and, and that's the bit I would say. Each release, I think it's so ambitious what they then try and deliver. There's as undoubtedly bugs because I think they've already did. So that's yeah. been what two weeks it's been out, and I think they're on their fourth hotfix. It just came out today, or the third hotfix, yeah, and, and, and it's fixing. When, you had an auto save type bug right at the start. Yeah, and, yeah. And it, I don't know whether that was that game or what, but it was only it only seems to yeah. So I had to keep resetting my local resave. And, and, and seems to have set. I noticed there's a hotfix today, and it mentioned you know some problems with auto fixing. Oh, it's not auto fix. Only if anything was auto fixing, it was um, auto saving. So there's there's definitely um, I think it's one of those. It's like I just I just love the ambition. I love the little the little moments that happen, and you're thinking, oh, am I the only one seeing this? Is this unique? And there's nobody else here. And I still I still like that bit of it, but it's a lot more grindy. You know, so they've they've added a lot more complexity now. You can do a lot more, but hence it's but but then it's back to it's almost like a Minecraft type thing. You know, it's like the bases you can build. It's, it's, it's as long as there's a, and as long as there's a clear progression and and there is a way then of 
you know, as the game, you know, again, some of the more polished games are this kind of resource management. Once it's, it's like the old games where you used to have to chop down every single tree to then get the wood, but eventually yeah. that process could be taken over by an automated thing. So you, do, you could then ma- ma- manage the sort of macro things yes. rather than the micro things. If you wanted to ever go back into the micro, you could. And I think this game does offer that because I've seen that there are you can set NPCs away doing some of this grind yeah. for you. So yeah. you bring in resources. And I think as you go up through the ladder, so I can see how it's all done, but the balancing of that in a game like this is is what's all important and like I say i think that's where they struggle a little bit the the final polish and the, the just the balancing of it and 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 the, the balance i agree that the, the one that i constantly butted my head against and so just so i bought it again just so i could play with you chris so the, well, and, and, and i say i have not made up my mind but any even though i have rage quit and it's frustrated me i can still see that i, I i'm looking for a time sink that isn't a shooting game in, uh, absolutely. in the traditional sense um, and so the, so the one thing i will say is that that, that, that kind of graded me a bit and it still does it's like the slots in your suit and ship it just feels really tight really quickly you know it's yeah i mean i found a ship the other day that had loads more slots but then you had to fix it and to fix it i would have had to have probably put in like 10 hours of grind to go and put all the things and then i get about four more slots you know, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's a hard one for them to balance to make it a long enough game that people aren't just going to consume and spit out in two seconds. And, you know, while still trying to make it feel fresh and say so there's still some excitement. Um, and the other thing is, I guess, it's whether the planets can keep delivering. Already there's some similarities between planets and stuff, even though they're different. They're, you know, largely the same. And whether that can still keep surprising you, is there going to be that? that planet where you go oh wow that's amazing or is it all going to feel pretty samey after a while and yet if you found out and i'm still interested to find out as long as i get past this little bump that i'm on now bumps have knocked me off games before now much easier than this so we'll see digitaloutbox.com if you want to find out more about who we are and what we do info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to email us twitter is digitaloutbox um i am on twitter as cheesy uk uh, my racing driver blog is academyracer.co.uk and my running blog is cheesy.blog. Uh, Ian, um, tw- how, how many sites have you got? Uh, there's no new <laughs> ones this week. Um, so, so You haven't written in your old old new ones in yet? No, Twitter Sweeper. Twitter Sweeper? Yeah, Twitter Sweeper. Um, blog is Indy.net. Photography is, site is indy.com. Love. Nice and easy. Um, and Instagram? For- oh, which ones? Um, so the um, so Ian Dick photography and it, I, was, I, I saw the ship one today it looked very good not the ship one the ship one yeah was good. that was that was from that was from my little drone yeah looks really good yeah yeah, yeah. It, your drone can take awesome it was, pictures it was um <laughs> well done it drone. Was, uh, it was exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, I did nothing <laughs> um but yeah it's um it's interesting. It's just interesting how to not not to, but it's interesting just how you get you know there's there's get a bit more attention. That photo um, is by far my most liked most quickly. Um, it, it just so when you're scrolling down through the feed, it just stands out as you know being a wicked photo. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just didn't involve you pressing any buttons on and setting any settings. <laughs> oh well, point no, but that one was actually. So there was that. So I've got little photos for the drone. And um, and I was changing nice. weight balances because it was a, yeah. I, I would say a slightly more challenging scenario than a normal. Wow, 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 wow. What a twat. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Wow, 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 Photo, wow, 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 wow. We will speak to you again, probably in a couple of weeks' time. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening and goodbye. Cheers. Well, I think we'll find this filter. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I put on my 3ND and I found that there was a... Did you not put your polarising filter on? I think that would have been... Oh, don't. I could now point out my... <laughs> Hold on. I can now point out that filter pack. With that... Look at the size of that bag. Yeah, there's a grand's worth of filters in there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Is that all for your point of click or is that for all for the drone? No, the drone ones are all little tiny ones. 
Um, no, that's for, that's for the that's for the Fuji, and it started off yeah. with the like I need to buy this, this, and this, and then it's like, well, if I'm buying that, I may as well buy that and that as well, <laughs> and then I bought that, and then I bought that, and then I bought the bag, and then I was like, Amazing. oh, that's nice, and then a week later, I was like, I may as well just get these as well, and I've just got it. It's like when I did my house with all my electronic lights. Exactly just that. Started with one and then all in because I can see that. I've now got a few light strip around my desk. Oh, yeah, you said you were going to do that. So that's, that's there. Yeah, I'm quite pleased. I've, and I've now got a light strip plus an extension for going around the telly. That's a weekend task. Don't you need to now hook that in, though, to some APIs so that you can do the uh, the ambient light? Um, you can do it. And you, I mean, I've got, the, I've got the app on the Mac, so I can um, I can turn it on right now. And as I watch a YouTube video, the colours all keep in sync, and it actually works. That's, right. that's what you want. Works really nicely. Lovely. Disco. <laughs> Don't know why I said disco. Oh, we're still recording. I'll cut all that out because I'm not confessing that I've bought a thousand pounds of films. 